Welcome, and thank you for joining us for the Bread of Life. We are convinced that the Bible is God's holy word, perfect and without error. Its perfection delivers what is good and beneficial for those who hear it and heed it. It is perfect, for it leads us to the perfect one, the Lord Jesus. He is the Bread of Life. Let us seek Him together through God's word. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. Consider that the New Testament teaches us of two judgments Jesus Christ will conduct in the future. One is the great white throne judgment in which everyone whose name is not found in the book of life will be cast forever in the lake of fire. This is a judgment to condemnation. The second judgment is for the saved person alone. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. And here, followers of Jesus will be judged by their works to see what was and was not done for Christ and His glory and what they did through His enabling grace. This will not be a judgment unto condemnation, but unto reward or the loss of reward. We must be prepared for both judgments. But first, we must inspect our lives to see if we're not in peril of coming to the great white throne judgment without our names being written in the book of life. Now, those are the two judgments we've just talked about. And they have two different purposes. That great white throne judgment is a final judgment of condemnation determining hell and heaven. One is a judgment that determines our heaven and hell, but the other one, as I've just mentioned, is this judgment of the final reward. The Bema Seat is the judgment of the final reward or lack of reward for those who are going into heaven. Those are the two different judgments. Now, there you've just received a little bit of theology, a little bit of a picture of these judgments that are before us and coming to us. But now, let's consider what the application of those judgments are. Let's see how we take that truth, that knowledge that a great white throne judgment is coming, and that knowledge that there's an invitation where God brings us before His threshold, and there's the Bema Seat judgment for the Christian. And let's say, okay, now what does that mean in terms of how we live our lives? So let's start with the great white throne judgment, and here's the application. The application is that before and in consideration of this judgment under condemnation, God actually calls us who have claimed the name of Jesus Christ in His salvation to examine ourselves to make sure that we're really in the faith, that it's really genuine. Corinthians 13, 5 says, Examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith and test yourselves. Do you not know that Christ is in you unless indeed you're disqualified? In other words, in consideration that there's this judgment under condemnation, you, you better make sure that you're not going to be subjected to it. You better make sure that your assurance is a correct assurance because the Lord Jesus actually tells us what's going to happen before that great white throne. He says at that moment there are going to be many who say, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? And didn't we work many signs and wonders in your name? And didn't we walk with you and talk with you in the streets and eat with you? In other words, didn't we have a personal relationship with you? And Jesus says he's going to answer them and say, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity into outer darkness. I never knew you. And so the warning here is, make sure you're not presuming on your salvation. Examine yourselves. There's a judgment you need to be involved in your own life. In lieu of the great white throne judgment, you better make sure that you're not banking on just raising your hand. You know, or signing a card of confession, 
or believing all the right doctrines because you were raised in the church because I just want you to know that Satan is a better theologian than you and he knows the truth better than you know the truth. And you don't count on that, those things. You don't count on an emotional moment in which you turn to God to solve a problem in your life, but then as soon as the problem was resolved, you went back to the same way of life. It's like the Bible says, Jesus speaks of it. That's like a dog returning to its vomit or a pig returning to its wallow. You better make sure that you've come to regenerate a life through Jesus Christ. Not simply by a short little prayer that you've forgotten, but by a deep work of His Spirit in your life that's manifested in the ongoing experience of your life. And by the way, I've, I've suggested tests for this, to test yourself in the faith. There are many things in our salvation that we can't test because they're just objective things God has declared. When we believe in Jesus Christ, He takes all of our sin and He covers us in His righteousness so that when God sees us, He sees us totally covered in all the goodness of Jesus Christ. And I just want you to know I can't see it. Actually, I'm a little bit more aware of my flaws. But right now, I am covered by faith in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. But I can't test for that. I take that by faith. At the moment I receive Jesus Christ, I'm adopted into the highest heaven and I'm made a child of God. And it's a legal adoption in which God declares me a son and the Spirit seals me for that adoption, but I, it's just legal. I can't see it. I, can't, I don't even have the papers to show you. The Bible says when I believe in Jesus Christ, I put my faith in Him, that I am seated with Christ in heavenly places where He is my great mediator, and I have to take that by faith. And I'm seated right now. I'm represented in heaven right now. I take that by faith. So I can't test myself for those things that I can't see. I can only examine myself for those things that show up in my life, those things that are the experiences of salvation. Let me suggest them very quickly. I should have a record in my life of a day when I was awakened and I saw my desperate need and my sin and I saw that it couldn't be resolved by anything that I had heard from men, any from my own opinions, any of my own efforts. I just realized that there was something very serious between me and God and there was no human solution for it and I was desperate for an answer. I was awakened. I was awakened. Following that awakening, I learned and I discovered by the Spirit of God that I was a sinner that my sin was as serious as God's everlasting hell, that all of my attempts to overcome that sin by just producing good works was fruitless and worthless because my good works were like filthy rags, that ultimately at the depth of all this sin and all this attitude was a rebellious heart that wanted to be in control of my life instead of yielding my life to God. And the moment that this became clear to me, I repented. I agreed with God's judgment against myself, which was against my nature because my whole life I had been defending myself. Hey, I'm a sinner, but I'm not as bad as that person, right? I know, you know, that there's a hell out there, but I've done a lot of good works, and I think I can over... No. I take everything God has said against me, and it's true, God. I'm guilty. Utterly guilty before you. That's repentance. And in that moment of repentance comes faith. And in faith, what happened was God poured in my heart an ability to believe in Jesus Christ as an answer for everything that was true of me and my condition. I was a sinner, but he was sinless. I deserved his hell, but he bore hell for me. My righteousness was like filthy rags, but his righteousness was perfect in every way, and he covered me in his own righteousness. All of my clinging to my own way and to my own sin and my own idea that I could work it out for myself was really a tenacious commitment to doing things my own way, and it was rebellion against God, and I saw in that moment that that's what it was, and in the moment of faith, I said, Jesus, I will no longer rebel against you. I will fall at your feet, and you will be my Lord, and you will govern my life. That's faith. 
Listen, I'm telling you, if you haven't been awakened and you haven't repented like that and you haven't a faith like that, you might think that you're presuming and you think, but I'm a Christian. You might be concerned about going before the great white throne judgment. You don't want to stand there until you know that the Spirit of God has worked this in your life. You ought to seek Him for it if it hasn't happened to you. Having done that, God turns you. You begin to find out and discover what His will is and you don't know exactly what it is because you're an infant and you don't always know what He wants, but whatever it is, you're going to do it. And Back in the 70s, you know, when young men would turn to Christ, they'd go and they'd take all their albums and they'd get their ACDC albums and whatever it was, you know, KISS albums, and they'd gather them all together and they'd throw them in a trash can because they were just leaving anything. They just, whatever it was, they were clearing their life out. And then what God does is he puts his spirit in you and he regenerates you and all of a sudden in your life you begin to, you begin to manifest something in your life that wasn't a part of your natural traits. It was God living and abiding you. It was not your personality being refined. It was his person taking you to a place you could never go without him because he put his life in you. And so you began to produce in your life the fruit of the spirit. And you begin to see it manifest in your life, a love for others than for God that just didn't naturally come to you, a joy that was deeper than a reserve that you could have produced from your family history, a peace that was settling over your life, a fulfillment in your life that established you so that you didn't seek your well-being from the attitudes of others. And patience began to be poured in your life and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and a gentleness that was not innate to your character traits. It wasn't never showed up on the temperamental analysis that you had taken any test. It was, it was God bringing into his own gentle spirit and self-control, something you'd never known before. You began to see, and you began to see this building up in your life. And if, if your life is simply nothing more than a battle to refine the traits that your mother and father gave you to be a better person, you're not born again. The Christian life is a life in which you begin to yield away from your flesh and those natural instincts to find a reserve of life in you that comes out from you that is born of God. It's his nature. It's his character traits. It's what he is. And when you begin to do that, that's the, that's the secret of living the Christian life, by the way. The sixth thing is, here's an experience you test for. You want to make sure you, you get the right answers to these questions and these issues before you go before the great white throne you have the witness of the Holy Spirit within you, where the Spirit cries out within you, Abba, Father. In the middle of your struggles and your challenges in life, you find yourself turning to the Father and crying out to Him and finding release. Interestingly enough, Jesus cried out, Abba, Father, once. It was when He was wrestling with His greatest temptation, which was in the garden, and the temptation was to turn away from the cross that was before Him and the agony that He was going to experience for us. And in that place, He cries out in Mark chapter 14, verse 36, Abba, Father. All things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. The cry of Abba Father comes on the lips of a child of God who hates his sin and wants to please God with all of his heart. And he faces temptation and trials and difficulty and he cries out to God in despair, God, deliver me. Father, deliver me. Do you know that in your life? said it before, I said it in this trip that I was on overseas. The person who's not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior has a sin problem. Their sin is separated from God and is driving them into an eternity without God. 
The believer no longer has a sin problem. It's been solved. It's been all put on the Lord Jesus and the rescued. But the believer now has a new thing. He has a problem with sin. He's got a problem with it. It's incongruent with the new life he has, and he's opposed to it. It's incongruent with the impulse to please and serve his Savior, and he hates it. And when it comes upon him, and when he knows he's in a place of compromise, he cries out to the Spirit to rescue him. He cries out, Abba, Father, deliver me. And he gets in that moment the witness of the Holy Spirit, crying within him, Abba, Father. The Spirit joins us in that battle, and Listen, there's a problem with a person who claims to be a born-again follower of Jesus Christ and they don't have a problem with sin. They're just going along with everybody else. They're behaving the same way. They're copying the same attitudes. They're conducting themselves basically in the same way. They're falling the same pit. And, you know, and their idea is, well, yeah, you know what? Jesus died to save me. I got grace covering me and I can do whatever I want. And my, my I'm concerned for that person because the grace of God that Jesus Christ gives us brings us into a relationship with him in which we're his child and he's our father and stirs up within us a great longing to live for him and please him and fills our heart with God's heart. And one of the things God has in himself is a deep, profound animosity towards sin. And that animosity begins to grow within us and we hate it. And we want victory over it. So in light of the great white throne, judge yourself. How important that we make sure we've passed from the judgment of condemnation, but remember there still remains another judgment for reward. God has a matchless provision for both, Jesus Christ our Savior and our Sanctifier. Thanks for listening in to the Bread of Life, a ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Mission Church Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise. For a copy of this message, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.